What's going on, Thrive Church family? We're so grateful you're tuning into this week's podcast. We pray this message will bless you in the same way it has blessed our house this past Sunday. I thought I was going to switch mics, but I have my own. Thank you, Jesus. It worked. Good morning. How many of you are like, oh my gosh, what just happened? Okay. Um, so, obviously, God had a different plan for service today. Um, I'm supposed to now preach a message that would be 40 minutes in like 15. And I know I talk fast, but I ain't going to do that to y'all. So we're good. We're good. But hey, do me a favor. Before we move on, let's do this. Can we welcome everyone watching online just for a quick second? Some of them, they've been in worship with us. And I know someone maybe needed that as well. We love you. Thanks for watching with us. You can even share this message if you like or this service to your friends on Facebook, all that. Um, here's, what, here's what I want to do. Um, obviously... I think when God does moments like he did today, they're for a reason. Um, believe me, we didn't plan like in staff meeting to say, you know what? And then at like 1132 when the worship hits and everyone's feeling good, we're going to start praying for like specific things that I know. It's just sometimes you just got to make space for God to speak. I want to talk to you about that today. I want to talk to you about that today just for a few minutes because uh, and I could kind of tie it into the message, but I'm not really going to. I'm going to kind of do uh, kind of an audible here. Um, but, but I think it's so important. And the reason being is because, uh, family, we, we live in such a day and age where there is such a bombardment, an assault on our relationship with Jesus. Let's be honest. How many, how many can you say? It's like Jesus is the greatest thing in my life, but it's hard to follow him. But how many know that Jesus doesn't call you to easy things? He calls you to hard things. Just you being in the room today is special. Just you making the effort is significant. Just you showing up to small group every week. Just you serving on the team is, is significant. It, it's really significant. And, and sometimes you just got to keep showing up. And here's what I've learned. If I keep showing up, God keeps showing up. It's, it's that simple. Like if I show up, God's going to be there. Thank you, God, that I don't, like, there's no time I don't think I've ever met and remembered in my life, whether it's church, my room, talking to Jesus in my car, uh, going to the gym, and I'm like, God, I need you. God's like, not there. God's just like, I'm nowhere around. No, God's like there. And, and what I've learned, and, and specifically, I've been in this, in, in this season, I'm really excited too, because I actually think this message is going to form into a brand new series next year that's like a next year that's kind of like a sneak peek for some of y'all um that are like what are we going to do next year well i think we're going to do a series I, I i'm i'm understanding this that we need to prioritize the voice of god in our life here's the problem we don't know how to hear god's voice a lot of us don't know what god's voice sound like uh, I know for me growing up, uh, I grew up kind of in a Catholic background. I mean, I, told, I, I tell people I'm a fake Catholic. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you got any fake Catholics in the room that only went for Easter and Christmas. You know, and Catholic church too, especially Mexican Catholic church. Every time you did something, you got a cake. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, there's like five Mexicans in the room. Okay. So like if you get baptized, you get a cake. If you get communion first time, you get a cake. You go to church for the first time, you get a cake. And your boy, your pastor was a chunky chicken nugget. I'm just saying. And so I loved cake. And part of the, the, the Catholic tradition in some ways, at least that I was growing up, maybe your experience was different, which is okay. And uh, that's totally fine. Was uh, you had a, a priest, a father who talked to God and he talked to God for you. And he told you what God wanted to tell you. That was it. And especially when you went through times of crisis or difficulty, 
It was a person that was between you and God. But can I tell you today that you don't need me to talk to Jesus? I want you to understand this. You don't need me to talk to God. You don't need me to grow deeper with God. You don't need me to learn about God. You don't, you, I would hope that you would love your church. You would get involved in your church, that you'd believe your church is a significant place where people can also encounter God. You would give to your church. You would serve at your church, but you don't need your church to talk to Jesus, right? I do believe you need the church for other things like healing, community, relationship, discipleship, accountability. We have a ton of messages on YouTube for that. But the one thing you don't need the church to do is to talk to Jesus. You don't need the church for that. But what I hope we would do is that we would teach people instead of being tethered to this place, that you need this place to talk to God, that we would actually teach you how to talk to God on your own. Because until you begin to prioritize the prophetic voice of God in your life, the relationship will always feel transactional. I don't think you caught that. Let me say that. Let me say that again. I got, I got five more minutes to preach. Here we go. I don't want a relationship with God like I have a relationship with a cashier at Target. That the only time we talk is when I need something. Oh, someone's got to hear me. Right? When I go to Target, some of you are like, I don't even go to Target no more. Fine, Walmart, wherever. You have to be real spiritual to go to Walmart. Walmart's, <laughs> especially Manteca Walmart, yo, like when did Manteca Walmart get crazier than Hammer Lane Walmart in Stockton? You know what I'm saying? That's like, when, what, yo, right? You need, you need the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost to go to Manteca Walmart, just through the parking lot. You're just like, Jesus. Okay. Um, <laughs> thank you, Lindsay. Love you, bro. When I go to, we'll go to Target or Walmart, I, hi, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Awesome. $34.95 if my wife doesn't come. Thank you, Jesus. If my wife comes, $227.42. I'm like, what? I left for like five minutes, right? And no, no, I'm just kidding. My wife, she's really good at it. And um, that's it. That's the only time we talk. She has to talk like a good person, right? How many know, too, customer service is a mess nowadays? We need like a revival of good customer service. That's another sermon for another time because some of these young people out here don't know how to like say four words correctly. It's like ridiculous. Nobody knows how to talk to anybody no more, right? How are you? I'm good. Da-da-da, ba-da-da. Here's your money. You know, pay with the card. Tap. Bam. We're done. Have a good day. Peace out. I'm not going to see you again. And I think sometimes that's how we treat our relationship with Jesus, if I could be completely honest that we have developed a transactional relationship where the only time we talk to God is when we need something. The only time we talk to God is when someone's in the hospital. The only time we talk to God is when our marriage is struggling. The only time we talk to God is when we are working through things that we can't fix on our own. The only time we talk to God is when we need God to do something for us. And can I tell you that God wants a greater, deeper relationship than that? I believe part of why David has such a profound relationship with God is because he prioritized the presence of God. And he prioritized the voice of God. See, here's the deal about the presence of God. When the presence of God's in the room, the voice of God is also speaking. And here's the thing about the voice of God. He speaks to us in a language we can understand. For some of us in the room today, God needed someone 
to speak on a stage to get someone's attention, but God also for someone in the corner in the back of the room with their hands like this and their head down, and God was speaking to your heart, sharing with you about how much he loves you and how much he cares. And then someone else, he's speaking to them as they're reading their Bible, and then to someone else, he's giving them images or pictures in their mind. Maybe some of you came to church this morning, you had a dream from the Lord, and he's been speaking to you about that dream. God speaks to us. And that's ridiculous because who are we that God would want to talk to us? Let's be honest. Some of y'all, you don't even want to talk to yourselves. You got family that don't want to talk to you. You got people. And, and, and don't get all victim. Some of you are like, I don't know why they don't want to talk to me. You know why they don't want to talk to you. You crazy. You did some things in your past. Come on. You know. But God wants to talk to you. Because he likes you. And he loves you. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? Right? You, you, how many of you love someone, but you don't like them? You know what I'm talking about? That's the good Christian thing to do. Well, I got to love them. Jesus says I love them, but I don't got to like you, bro. God likes you and loves you and knows you. And so I think, why, why am I kind of saying all this? I think in moments which just happen where God highlights cancer, where God stops a service to talk to his people for 20 minutes just because he wanted to share some things for one person. I know a bunch of people came up, but it could have just been for one person. And I, can I tell you as your pastor, that means the world to me. I, I know that might be weird for you. Maybe you came from a different context or background. That's okay. God brought you here for a reason. But as your pastor, I love when God stops to speak to one person because that's exactly what God did to me and how I got saved. God had a moment with me in my bedroom at 12 years old in East LA where I heard the small, still voice of God, not audibly, but I heard something in me tell me I was loved. He was never going to leave me and he was always going to love me. And 18 years ago to this, this very summer, I've been following Jesus ever since. I have learned that God speaks to those he loves. I think you and I, need to prioritize running to the voice of God, running to the whisper of God, running to when Jesus speaks, then running to everything else. There's a story in scripture. I'm gonna read this passage real quick. Just stay seated. You're fine because I wanna run through it. First Samuel 19. It says this, 18 through 24. It says, now David fled and escaped and he came to Samuel and Ramah. And he told him all that Saul had done to him. And Samuel went and lived at Naoth. And it was told, Saul, behold, David is at Naoth in Ramah. Then Saul sent messengers to take David. And when they saw the company of the prophets prophesying, Samuel standing as head over them, the spirit of God came upon the messengers of Saul and they also prophesied. Verse 21, when it was told to Saul, he sent other messengers and they also prophesied. And Saul sent messengers again the third time and they also prophesied. Three times. Verse 22 says this, then he himself went to Ramah. This is the fourth time. Now Saul went and came to the great well that is in Siku, And he asked, what are, where are Samuel and David? And one said, behold, they are Naoth and Ramah. And he went there to Naoth and Ramah. And the spirit of God came upon him also. And as he went, he prophesied until he came to Naoth and Ramah. Verse 24, and he too stripped off his clothes and he too prophesied before Samuel, lay naked all the day and all the night. Thus it is said, is Saul also among the prophets? Here's what happened. David goes through this crazy situation. Pastor Matt talked about David and Goliath last week. Amazing. David's a hero in scripture. David has it all. He's serving the king. He married the king's daughter. The king's son is his best friend. The king hired him. David went from shepherd boy to we started from the bottom. Now we're here. You know what I'm saying? He made it. And the Bible says that Saul 
who invited him. Saul, who's the one that made room for him. Saul, who's the one that platformed him. Saul, who's the one who mentored him. This is the king who's supposed to disciple the next king. Decides earlier in the chapter to grab a spear and try to kill him. And David doesn't deserve this. Yet, for some reason, David makes a decision. David either runs to where he came from or he runs to the prophet Samuel. And here's what I want to focus on today because I think this is what God was kind of doing in the room earlier is where do you and I run to when things go wrong? Where do you run, family? And, and if you're like, I run a church, that's awesome, but do you run to Jesus? Because can I tell you, it's not if something's going to roll wrong, it's when. If you think like, man, getting saved and becoming a Christian is going to solve all my problems, it's not. It's not. I'm going to tell you right now, Christianity is not this just solution that solves everything and makes your life feel good. It's not. But what it is, is I have a relationship that's greater than the storm that I have in my life. My, 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 my reality, my friendship, my relationship, my, my thing with God, this thing that I'm developing, my, my spirit is closer to Jesus and it's greater than the circumstances, the struggle, the pain, the problems, the situation, things that I'm going through. When I get the bad reports from the doctor, when I get the bad reports that our marriage is struggling, when my kids are wilding out, when things are taking place, I have something greater and his name is Jesus. I have a friend who whispers to me in the night. I have someone who never leaves me or forsakes me. I got someone who's behind me and in front of me. I have a God that loves and cares. Even when it's my fault, I know I can run to him. Family, we have gotten really comfortable with running to something other than God. David has a decision to make. And this is what he does. Instead of prioritizing his past, because, because let's be real, that's what we do, right? We, when, when everything goes wrong, and I'm like, real stuff, when things go wrong, and it's not your fault. It wasn't David's fault. He's just hanging out with his father-in-law. Like, I do that all the time with my father-in-law. And out of nowhere, my father-in-law tries to kill me for no reason. That's crazy. Some of y'all think you have a bad father-in-law. No one has a bad father-in-law like David. Or maybe your father-in-law tried to kill you. Tell me that story later. That's a funny story. Dude, like, like, and who, who's hanging out like on a Tuesday night just with a spear? You know what I'm saying? Like, he woke up ready for violence. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Saul was just ready. Luckily, David, agile, dodges a spear. And David... He finally got everything. I've been there, family, where it feels like everything finally makes sense. Everything's finally good. And then now everything went crashing. It wasn't my fault. I don't know about you, but I could relate to David in that. And David has two decisions. I can either go back to where I came from, Bethlehem, to a family that didn't love me, to my brothers who didn't care for me and take care of the sheep or I can go to the prophetic voice that called me to something greater. The temptation will always be to go back where God rescued you from when it's hard. 
when it's easy, when things are going great, when you got the promotion, when you got the job, when church is good, when your small group is blowing up, when you came on time to church on Sundays, four weeks in a row, when people are following you on Instagram, it's easy. But when stuff hits the fan, where do you run to? We got too many people that run back to Egypt and God rescued you from Egypt. That's what we do, right? When, 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 it, when you have a really bad day, here, I'm just gonna go drink my sorrows away. I'm gonna go back to the substance that I'm struggling with. I'm gonna go back to that inappropriate relationship. I'm gonna watch things that I'm not supposed to. I'm gonna start cheating. I'm gonna start lying. I'm gonna start doing sexual immoral things. I'm gonna, you sin, you, you run back to sin because sin feels comfortable to you because it's easy to hide in darkness. It's really hard to hide in light. You ever try to play hide and go seek in the light? Like that's no fun. So what we do is we go back into our darkness that God delivered us from and then we get stuck there and then God's got to go. This is what God does because he's kind. Let's go get you back out of the darkness, pull you back into light. Let's go get you back out of Bethlehem, pull you back in and then, and then, and then we just do the same thing and the same thing. That's called a sin cycle. How do you break the sin cycle? Here's one way that the voice of God becomes more important than your past. You need to learn what to run to. I need to learn what to run to. So David runs to Samuel. And three things. I wrote them down in the corner real quick because I knew I didn't have a lot of time. Here's what the voice of God does. Number one, the voice of God reminds us. The voice of God reminds you and I. It reminds us. Sometimes when you're in a season of hell, you need a prophetic voice to remind you who God is in your life, right? I, I wish I was in this moment with Samuel and David. Like there's some moments in the Bible where you're like, man, I wish I was there. Like I wish I was when Jesus was walking on water or I wish I was there when David, you know, he got that sword and chopped off Goliath's head. Like that's some pretty gangster stuff. That would have been fun to see. Or like Daniel in the lion's den, that would have been dope, right? I, I wish I was here. Samuel, and he's like, David, what are you doing here? Samuel, Saul tried to kill me. I don't know what to do. My life's falling apart. I don't know if you ever had that moment where you're like, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to take place. I, I, I'm freaking out, Samuel. Everything's falling apart. I thought he loved me. I thought his family loved me. I was supposed to be king. How am I going to be king now? All of it's a lie. And right, the doubt and the fear and the intimidation and the circumstances overwhelming. He is drowning in this. And the prophet say oh David don't you remember how God found you in that hill oh David don't you remember how God kept you don't you remember how God saved you don't you remember the times where you worshiped when no one was looking David don't you remember the lion and don't you remember the bear and don't you remember Goliath you know what the prophetic does you know what the voice of God does it will remind you that you are not the season you are in it will remind you of what God's going to do and not he's not doing. It will remind you where you should put your eyes to. The voice of God will remind us. Number two, the voice of God will cover us. I have learned that if I need a season where I am feeling surrounded, it's that whisper that begins to cover my heart. Saul sends one person. This person was on a mission to kill David and he left prophesying. Second person left prophesying. Third person left prophesying. Fourth person. I don't know if you understand this. That's like someone in here trying to kill me right now on Sunday and they left and they go to Target and they're preaching the gospel. 
They had one mission to come here and kill me and they left because the room was so saturated with the presence of God that they left saved and preaching Jesus. Maybe the people that are throwing spears in your life are the very one that God's going to turn it around and begin to use them to use for his glory, not yours. You know what the prophetic does? The prophetic protects us and guards us. The voice of God guards us from harm. And the enemy, when the enemy tries to attack you, right? When you're in your loan by yourself in your room and you're getting tempted by this and that, let the voice of God remind you of who you are. Let the voice of God remind you of what God's going to do in your life. Let the voice of God speak life into you. Begin to welcome his voice. And then last thing, it transforms us. It begins to form us. It begins to make us different. And so why, why, why am I saying all this? Because... Family, it's up to you to decide who you run to. Right now, everyone would say in this room, I run to Jesus, probably because you're in church. It's not a message of today. It's a message of when something goes wrong, maybe it's gonna happen tomorrow, I don't know. When it goes wrong, who do you run to? Who do you run to? And I would hope that family, we need to prioritize the voice of God in our life like never before. And you need to hear God for yourself. You need to hear God for yourself. You ain't gonna make it unless you hear God for yourself. You gotta hear Him. You gotta hear Him at the nighttime when you're all alone and there's tears running down your face and you hear that whisper. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Is someone in the room, have you ever heard the voice of God before when you're going through the storm of your life? You ever heard the voice of God when you're going through the furnace? You ever hear the voice of God? Just the other week, I was going through just an intense situation where I was feeling just frustrated at things and that voice just begins to pierce. And I remember there's times where I was going through it. Like, for example, when the building project was going through, that was crazy. Ain't nobody... 29 years old take over a church like this and do a building project that's just dumb but that's what God had us do I remember being at the gym and I was tired and here I am trying to lift weights and I'm just weeping at the gym because God's telling me you're gonna make it son you're gonna make it son you're gonna make it son it wasn't a passage it wasn't a preaching it was just me and God wherever I was at in the voice of God you, you need that in your life you need you need that in your life family we need to prioritize we need to make space that's what we did today. We said, God, if you want to speak, speak. If you don't want to speak, we'll talk about what you said before. But if you want to speak now, go ahead and share something now. And man, when the voice of God hits the room, everything begins to change. And people's lives begin to be transformed. And God begins to heal. And God begins to touch. And God begins to set free. Why? Because this is what he does. His voice creates worlds. His voice begins to separate things that are supposed to be and not supposed to be. His voice begins to heal and set free. I'm telling you, can we prioritize the voice of God like David did? Family, run to Samuel and not your past. Where do we escape to? Stand your feet with me before I let you go. Close your eyes. Dim the lights for me. And just ask yourself this question. Have I escaped to other things other than Jesus? Because if you do, it doesn't mean God hates you. You're just going to be running in circles. That's all. You're going to be spinning your wheels. We have to mature. We have to grow up. We have to get to the point where God, when things go wrong, I go to you. Even when it's not my fault, I go to you. Even when I don't deserve it, I go to you. 
God, you are my refuge, is what he says in Psalms. You are my refuge. You are the one that I would hide under the shelter of your wings. God, you are the one that I would spend my days. This is what David would say in Psalm 24, that you are the one thing. You would be the one that I would spend my days in your court day and night. You would be the one I would meditate on your law every day, like how it says in Psalms 1. It's you, Jesus. There's no one else like you. There's no one else I run to. There's no one else I trust. Have we trusted something other than God in our life? And family, if you have, you need to repent of it and you need to say sorry and you need to let it go. I'm sorry for going to the bar. I'm sorry for going to this substance. I'm sorry for going to this inappropriate relationship. I'm sorry for going to this, this, or whatever. I, the expression, the, the fruit of the sin doesn't matter. What matters is the deep desire of do you really want God or do you not? And family, I would believe that in this room, God would call you to him more than anything else. So if that's you and you would say, yep, I'm running to things right now in this season that are contrary to Jesus. And I know God's calling me to run to him. If that's you, slip up your hand for me. I want to pray for you. All over the room. Let's go all over the room. Just you and Jesus. I've been running to the wrong things. I've been escaping to the wrong things. Entertainment, sports, idols, idolatry, lawlessness. But Jesus, I want you to be my escape. If you raised your hand, do me a favor, put your hand on your heart. And I just want to pray over you. And we're going to let you go. Because you got to do some homework with you and the Lord when you get home. This, this don't matter today if you say yes. What matters is making a solid decision to say, you know what, I'm going to follow Jesus through it all. Jesus, I pray right now for my friends. I pray that they would know you in a real way. And do me a favor, friends. Repeat this after me. Say, Jesus, I repent for choosing other ways of escape you are all I need you are the only one my heart desires help me to follow you in a real way to prioritize your voice in my life I'm listening Come on, I want to say that one more time. I want you to say this and mean it to the Lord. And I think he's going to begin to speak to you. I'm listening. You have my ear. I will run with you. Let me pray for you. You don't have to repeat this now. Jesus, let my friends have an ear to hear what the Lord is saying to them in this season. God, make us like David to run to you and not run from you and that you would continue to do all you're doing. We love you. We thank you. And in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Come on, let's just give it up for what God did in the room today. Oh, my goodness. Man, what a, what a roller coaster of a service. It was so good. I love it when God interrupts. Hey, before you leave, two things. One, connect card. We love to have you here at our church. Fill it out or help you find a church. Secondly, and, and don't move yet. I want, I, want to, I want to make sure you know this. I am so excited for this season. How many of you love this series right now? Anybody in this room? We're just loving the series so far. Okay, here's what we did. I love it too. It's just easy to preach. Like it's cheating. I'm going to be honest. Like we're just doing it. Listen, I believe that God 
wants to do a full out blitz on the Central Valley to reach people for Jesus this fall. I am just, I don't feel this all the time, but I am sensing in my heart that now is the season to believe for friends and cousins and neighbors to experience Jesus like never before. Like we're going to experience this surge of just prodigals coming home. Even if it's another church, I don't care. And so here's what I want to do. Two things. One, on the way out, you're going to get flyers to pass out to friends. We bought some flyers because how many know some of, some of us like the old school way where we're like, hey, come to my church, right? Here's a flyer. You put it on a car or you buy someone's meal at Denny's and then you give them a church flyer. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. And so we got some flyers. It just has the, the graphic. Take a few and then it has our service times. And then secondly, social media. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Why? We don't follow our, our Instagram account because we like to celebrate what we do at our church. That's lame. Like, anybody see my preaching clips? Anybody? Okay, like four people. That's cool. <laughs> Preaching clips. We have our mic'd up videos, our prayer room moments, worship moments, our invites on Sunday. That's not for us to be like, our church is cool. That's for us to post. Because how many of you know we got some friends that won't respond to your text, but if you shoot them a DM, they'll be like, ha, ha, ha. Right? And so I want us to, in this season, let's go invite crazy. Let's be intentional. Let's believe that God's going to fill this room. Why? Because he wants to encounter people. Not so we can grow our church. If they go somewhere else, I'm good. But I want people to experience Jesus in a real way. I believe this series has the potential for transforming power. One invite can change an entire family and legacy. I'm telling you that right now. One invite. I'll just share this quick story and I'll let you go. Was at a church in Monterey last week. Was preaching and suffering for Jesus in Monterey. Thank you, God. Preached first service, a young kid, 12 years old, got invited by a friend, rocked, came up to the altar, small church, about 150 people, got rocked by God, weeping, texted his friend, stayed for second service, and two more friends came. And they all got rocked. Second service. Family? Wasn't even my church. That's the power of an invite. You never know. Can we believe that God would use us to invite people to experience Jesus in this season? Sound good? All right, we love you. Get those flyers on the way out. I can't wait to see what God does in this season. Love you, family. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you next week. Once again, thank you so much for joining in and listening to the message brought to our house this past Sunday. We love you, and we pray you have a blessed day and blessed week.